Hello, folks. It is the Knickknack Podcast, Season 8, Episode 7, I want to say. And I'm going to call this one hmm, Find Your Inner Child and Kick Its Little Ass. Um, clear reference to the Eagles. But, you know, I keep quoting song lyrics, so might as well be consistent with it. Uh, talking a little bit about my inner psychology and my psychoanalysis of myself, um, and I'll probably talk about a number of other things as well. So, uh, get your favorite beverage out and ready, and sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alright, I'm trying to cut the music short so that these things don't run quite as long. It's funny, I started out with uh, 22-minute episodes, and I was pretty uh, pretty consistent with that for a long, long time. And now uh, it's starting to be kind of uncontrolled airspace length, and I don't know how that happened. Um, and I wonder if you guys could just... Again, be nice with the feedback, uh, especially after I talked about uh, external locus of control versus internal locus of control last episode. Uh, but I would like to know, uh, because my my statistics software doesn't tell me uh, how much of an episode you actually listen to. Do you listen to the whole thing? Do you start listening to it and then fall asleep? Um, what are your listening habits? I'm just kind of curious. Uh, so you could send me an email, N-I-C-N-A-C-J-A-K at gmail.com. That's November Indio Charlie, November Alpha Charlie, Juliet Alpha Kilo at gmail.com. And, you know, I just, I would like to know. Um, and I, in general, I know I've said this before over the years many, many times. Uh, I would like more feedback. Uh, I would like just to know, you know, just a simple email, you know, hey, this is Chris from Nova Scotia, and I listen to your podcast. Just that simple. I just want to know who's out there and listening and, and you know, interactive, ideally. Um, and actually, that takes me kind of to where I wanted to go in my original conception of the episode, and I don't script these things, so I have an idea in my head usually, and then it ends up being about something else. Uh, but that's the way it goes. Uh, so I was thinking in my head uh, about uh, some of the work I'm doing, uh, both with uh, self-affirmation, a la uh, Louise Hay, and also in parallel to that, uh, some of the work I'm doing with uh, lens therapy, low uh, electronic neurofeedback, I think is what that stands for. Uh, But with some of the work I'm doing there, uh, in parallel with uh, kind of self-affirmation approach, um, I'm pushing myself where I can, where I have energy to. Uh, and right now I'm running really low on energy. In fact, I'm primarily recording this podcast so I can stay awake. Uh, but, uh, right. I, just in parallel with those two approaches, including my own psychoanal- psychoanalysis of myself, which is 
interesting. Uh, the basis of it gets down to kind of a Freudian approach and a Freudian understanding of things. Then that is basically we all have within us, and I, I do believe this theory is correct. Uh, we all have within us an inner child, so to speak, uh, something to where uh, in our youth uh, there was, you know, there's some sort of damage done. I think with everybody, everybody should go to therapy. I think everybody should actively work on improving themselves and trying to, you know, figure out what's going on in their own head because I think everybody's head uh could use that it's almost like exercising it's just you know uh 50 minutes a week you know let's talk to someone and someone that's trained in you know analyzing the brain and and behavior patterns and that sort of thing and it's it's i found it helpful i've been in uh cognitive therapy for most of my life and you know looking back on it i can see you know gradual changes not dramatic changes, but gradual changes over the years. And I like to think it's getting better. It's hard to tell, but I like to think it's getting better. Uh, But, you know, it's getting back to that kind of Freudian approach of, you know, please describe your childhood sort of thing. And I can't do an Austrian accent. I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, it's getting back to that. And I find that very interesting because, uh, in my opinion, I had a very, very good psychologist from when I was very, very young. And I'm kind of scratching my head and going, okay, you know, with the cancer treatment and all the time in the hospital and teasing or being bullied and, you know, social stigma and having that social stigma pressure me to... Uh, just kind of collapse and collapse in a corner fetal position, sort of isolate sort of thing. Not always literally, but metaphorically, certainly. That's what I do when I get stressed out. I just go find a corner and cower or sleep for a while. Um, And that's just basically my inner child saying, uh, fuck this, I can't handle anything, I'm just going to freeze. Uh, Rather than fight or flight, it's freeze and hide in the corner and completely cut, you know, it's cut cut oneself off. It's almost like, you know, I'm a turtle, I, I pop my head out, and then I get scared and head back into the shell. And it takes a while to get my head out of the shell. And because I've been in the shell for so long, um, I pop my head out and I get shell-shocked and overwhelmed again and right back in. So, you know, I don't, you know, it's really struggling to to try and figure out how to change this behavior and how to address this behavior. But I, I mean, I know where it comes from. I know why it comes from where it comes from. Uh, I just don't know what to do about it. And, you know, I find it interesting that just in my own studying, kind of on my on my own as I've gotten... Uh, you know, ever since I've read um, Phyllis Shankin's, uh or I'm reading Phyllis Shankin's, uh Conversation with Strangers, Conversations with Strangers, uh, ever since I started reading that, I've kind of, I've started to gotten to get a real 
theory of mind, uh, a, a, a theory of mind about the the various psychologists and uh, marriage and family therapists that I've seen over the years, and um, it's weird when you start humanizing uh, your therapists. It's really, really weird. Uh, but in the same pro, in the same time, at that same process, um, I kind of I've started to come to this epiphany kind of in my head, and you know I don't know. I'm so impulsive, and my mood and impulses and my desires change so frequently. I don't know if I'm going to act on it or not. I'm kind of going to see, but uh, I find it interesting that I'm I'm suddenly thinking in my head, well. What I'm, what I try to do with these podcasts, as much as I uh, talk about my personal truth, uh, is to hopefully reach out to other people that are listening to this and can make some sort of global connection. You know, say, "Oh, I kind of feel like that," or "Oh, I've experienced that," or "Oh, I know somebody who is experiencing that," or "Oh, I never thought of it that way." Uh, and in so doing, I hope to open up the listener's mind to ideas that they don't examine otherwise. And uh, in thinking about that, that intent and that goal uh, is not dissimilar to a therapist's goal. Uh, because usually when I go into a therapy session, uh, usually when I, as the patient, go in there, I'm, you know, I personally... I'm real cognizant of what's going on in my brain. I can't fix it, but I know what's going on. Uh, and I, you know, it's frustrating because that leads to uh, repetitive thoughts or stuck thoughts. You know, it's just like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm feeling disconnected from the world. I feel like I want a mother to take care of me. However, I'm 30, so that doesn't really work anymore. And I kind of want that in a relationship, but I also realize that I'm not going to get that. So here I've got this void, this hole that's never going to be filled by anyone. Uh, and that's where, hopefully, uh, self, um, self-esteem and uh, self-assurance uh, can come in. Uh, and hopefully kind of fill that gap in the heart sort of thing. Um, and then, in theory, uh, the self-confidence could be built up enough to where I can go out there and get a job, or go out there and say, yeah, I'm a damn good pos- podcaster. I've been doing this for eight years. I know my shit, you know? Uh, rather than feeling like, oh, well, you know, I've been doing it for eight years. I don't feel like I've had success. You know, all the negative thoughts, so to speak. Uh, so that's what I'm, that's the point I'm kind of getting to, and, you know, finding, finding the inner child, remembering the, in, the inner child more than anything else. I started, like I said, uh, after seeing, uh, Dr. Gansler last week, uh, my lifelong, well, the first therapist that I saw, uh, and a man that I greatly respect, um, and care about and worry about, actually. Um, whether that's right to do or not, I don't give a shit. Uh, but, just in going back there, um, I'm kind of reaching this strange phase 
this phase that is apparently developmentally pretty normal of, you know, getting to this age where you go, oh shit, I'm, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not like 25 where you think, where I, you know, when I was 10 or 12 or whatever, I thought, oh, 25, adult, you know, big thing. Uh, But but then it's like, you know, I, I kind of stopped thinking. I got to a certain age in my head, and I, 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 my plan ended. Like, I did not have a plan after that. Um, and now I've, I've lived long enough that not only have I exceeded the time for the plan in which I made when I was younger, um, I, I am now in lost territory. Uh, living on borrowed time. Nobody told me that there would be days like these sort of thing. Um, And of course, that makes me very fearful that somebody's going to come along and shoot me in the back. Um, And that's no... That's one of the reasons I'm I'm so afraid of guns. It's all to do with the John Lennon thing. Um, And the... I, I learned about that and got that buried in my brain and that somehow became an internal trauma, an important developmental stage. I don't ask me how that happened. Um, and there's something about plane crashes too. I I, lot, I watch a lot of um, air crash investigations because I'm very curious about the process of investigating an air crash. Of course, I don't relish the idea of actually being on an accident site, literally kicking the ten. Uh, however. I do, you know, I'm curious about the process. Uh, But the idea, you know, the hellish world of a plane crash site, you know, I'll see the pictures of uh, the crash site of Malaysian 17, you know, and just the damaged 777 engine, and it's just like, oh, that just triggers something in me, uh, PTSD-wise, or in a way that's, similar to the description of PTSD anyway. And it's just I'm trying to figure it out. I'm I'm puzzled because I've had good treatment, quality treatment, um, psychologically speaking, since I was very, very young. And there's been gaps in that, for what reason I don't recall. Uh you know, there was a, probably a gap in that in between uh, 10 and 16, maybe. Uh, so, I mean, a six-year gap, kind of an important gap. Um, but I, I think I was feeling better enough at the time to where I thought I could handle myself. And, uh, you know, if I'm remembering right, it's just like there were so many appointments in my life and I need to cut some of those appointments out and that's kind of where I'm getting to right now. Even, um... Just because my entire life has has been less so within the last decade or so, but you know, in the first two decades of my life has been doctor appointment after doctor appointment after doctor appointment after doctor appointment, and you know, you start to start to sit there and go, well, if I'm spending most of my time. Uh, going to doctor's appointments, which I am, I, you know, I have, uh, a group that I go to on Monday, um, I have lens therapy on Tuesdays right now, it's switching to every other week, kind of, uh, but still, 
Uh, and then I have... What do I do on Wednesday? Uh, I see my uh, behavioral therapist with the county on Wednesday. And there was going to be a group that I was going to attend on Wednesdays, but I it was too much for me right now. And then on Thursdays, I do my radio show and then promptly hop on the bus and, you know, meet with uh, the medication nurse to go over medication, make sure I'm taking proper amounts, etc. So, uh, Monday, Tuesday, or, well, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's four days out of the week uh, that I'm going to appointments. And, you know, usually they're an hour long, which doesn't seem like a big deal. However, uh, when you don't have a car, and when the bus doesn't show up on time, as it didn't yesterday, you find yourself scrambling, walking really fast, two miles, whatever, and it becomes incredibly stressful. (laughs) And it sounds pathetic that, ah, these doctor appointments, they're making me so stressed, but they are. Uh, I'm also realizing that... that there's... There's so much in my life that has been devoted to a doctor's office, and that has affected so many of the people around me, my sisters primarily, and of course my mom and my dad. Uh, my mom's a little bit more open about it, especially now, uh, than my dad has ever been. I think that was partly because he was just, you know, he was, he used his job as an escape mechanism, and I think my mom did that later. But my dad did it earlier, and he never resurfaced. Uh, Whereas my mom has kind of resurfaced after initially doing that, and the situations have changed. Um, And that's nice. uh, Because, I mean, you know, there's plenty of people that go through life, and they hide their feelings, they escape, they do whatever. But I really do think that despite the pain of opening up to your emotions and acknowledging what's going on in your own head, uh, it's worth it to do it. It really is. Uh, And yes, you know, it's painful to bring this this sort of stuff up. Um, I mean, obviously I'm sharing my version of it. I'm sure you have your own version of it, and I would actually like to hear about it, because listening to other people's problems distracts me from uh, from having to hear my own problems all day. Um, And it's a nice, very nice reprieve, uh, to be quite honest. And, you know, when I'm hearing about other people's problems, I can be objective. You know, I can... not entirely objective, but... You know, I'm not seeing it through through the lens of their own eyes. Or I'm not seeing, you know... Because when I look at my problems, psychoanalyze myself, it creates the stuck thoughts. You know, I sit there and go, all right, well, I have problems relating to people. I have problems having enough self-confidence to sell myself, either in the context of a romantic relationship or a friend relationship... Uh, and also, uh, you know, a professional relationship. I have problems with that. I kind of, I, I have issues with that. Uh, because when I was younger, I chose to, I got freaked out and triggered, and, you know, people were bullying me, and I decided, well, fuck people, I just want to stay in my room all day, basically. Uh, and kind of reenact 
teachers yelling at people all day because that was my perception of what happened every day all the time. Uh, so because I did that, I didn't get the social practice that I needed, and it wasn't my parents' fault because they kept trying to push me, and I just wouldn't wouldn't be pushed. I just wouldn't do it. And now, as a result, even though I have a lot of skills, I think, you know, I know what I'm doing audio-wise, kind of. Uh, I Alright. I, even though I have a lot of skills, because I didn't get the social practice I needed at a younger age, I'm now not able to function well enough in society socially to get the things that I deem are, quote, normal, unquote. And that is enough of a stigma to make me feel frustrated and having struggled with it for as long as I have, I start losing hope, and that leads to depression. And, you know, every once in a while, I think to myself, oh, I've got this new idea, I'm going to fix it, and here's this new approach, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I try it, it lasts for a little while, and then I lose energy, or something frustrates me, and bam, right into into depression again. So that's what, I think that's what's driving the uh, the mood shifts. Um, and I'm starting to hesitate to call it bipolar, but that's what's driving that. So, I mean, it's helpful to know all this shit. Uh, but it's also detrimental because I can analyze things just like I have for you now. Um, but just because I can analyze it doesn't mean I can fix it. And it's it's tough being able to intellectually understand a problem, but not being able to, or not really knowing how to address it. Um, feeling the feelings, certainly, that, you know, it's better to take a moment and feel the feeling that's washing over you rather than try and ignore it and suppress it. I think that's more healthy, but what do you do to process the feeling? How do you how do you feel the feeling, sit there in the moment, and then say, okay, feeling, we're done, and flow on? Um, you know, it's that's a lot of what uh, has been talked about in group, you know. Try and write down the situations where you get triggered. What was going on? Um, what were your thoughts? What were you, What were you getting stuck on when you get triggered? Uh, what are some ways to kind of cope with that and make it so that you don't do you go into complete flight or fight uh, or freeze mode? Um, and that's all well and good, you know. That's those are tactics uh, and approach that I've seen throughout my entire life. And you know, evidence testing is okay. If, if X happens, is it really going to be that bad? And you know, a lot of times I find, uh, you know, the situations that I'm evidence testing um, end up coming to fruition. So, you know, I'm, I'd am i be worried, you know, a family gathering that I'm going to say something uh, that's going to make somebody uncomfortable. And I almost always invari- invariably do. And uh, maybe that's an artifact of the, the law of attraction. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I'm not 
completely buying into the secret stuff at this point in time. But, you know, I'm thinking about it. Uh, but, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's that way, maybe it's not. But in either case, you know, the, the things that I worry about have a tendency to happen. Uh, you know, for several weeks ago, I was, I was worried about, um, you know, I made a new friend and I was going to, I was all excited, so I was going to put too much energy and completely break it. And as far as I can tell, that's pretty much what I did. And, uh, with Sarah that I was talking about, uh, last time. And it's very frustrating, like I said, to say, okay, here's what I'm doing that's not good. Here's the behavioral pattern, the maladaptive behavior, whatever you want to say, the, um, cognitive distortion, that's another word for it, uh, that's causing me problems. How do I address it? Um, and, you know, stopping and deep breathing and trying to break down the problem and, um, you know, self-affirmation, all this stuff. You know, I'm not saying it's not working, but I'm saying that it's not a big enough toolkit. And, again, I've been, uh, you know, I've been on psychotropic drugs, uh, varying from Ritalin to Depakote to, uh, to, what am I on now? Prozac, uh, Lamictal and Neurontin, and I hate Neurontin. Absolutely hate it. Uh, I don't know why. It just makes my brain. Any of the mood stabilizers screw up your brain. You know, any of the antidepressants screw up your brain. That's just the way it goes. Um, I just don't trust psychiatry, honestly, because it's not. It's not as cut and dry as. You know, oh, you know, you go to the doctor, they do a blood test, oh, your cholesterol level is high. Here, take um, Lipitor, and that'll help uh, lower your cholesterol level, and also change your diet, and also exercise more. You know, we know scientifically that if you do that, your cholesterol is going to go down, and you're going to live longer. Uh, you know, we also know fairly certainly that, uh, smoking, for instance, uh, screws up your lungs, causes emphysema, um, and, you know, is a carcinogenic, uh, high likelihood of causing cancer, so if you don't want to go through that, well, don't smoke, and, I mean, it's easier said than done to say, I'm gonna quit smoking, obviously, uh, and I'm speaking from experience on this one. I'm not just preaching because I hate it when people that aren't smokers just say, why don't you quit? You know, how much are, don't you know how much money you're wasting and all this other stuff? And it's just like, it's just not that easy. And in my particular case, I started partly because I like the image of it. I've always liked the image of it. Don't ask me why. Uh, I think it's rooted in Cruella de Vil or something else. But uh, part of it was too, you know, I went to Europe and everybody seems to be smoking over there, that sort of thing. 
And part of it was I just got so miserable in the relationship I was in in 2010, 2011, early 2011. That was just like, well, things aren't going to get better. I just want to, you know, shorten my lifespan and commit socially acceptable suicide that's going to take 30 years. Um, It's, you know, hard to admit that, actually, but... I'm kind of glad I've, I've put that out there. Uh, but I don't know. I, trying to address the inner child and trying to figure out what the hell I can do about this. Um, that's where I'm really struggling because I, I know what's wrong. You know, all my life I was just like, okay, I can identify the problem. This is what's going wrong. Somebody please give me an algorithm to fix it. Somebody please, 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 please give me an algorithm to fix it. And I really, really, really want to believe that psychology can do that. And also, I really, really, really strongly feel that I've had enough experience as a patient... Um, to see different approaches, to see what worked, what didn't work. And I have an analytical enough brain to where I think I could be a therapist. I don't quite have the social skills to do it, and that's bothersome. Um, But again, that leads back to my block, the thing that keeps me in in the stuckness right now. That is quite honestly preventing me from working because I mean this what I'm doing right now is I'm just in a empty room and I'm talking to the computer. I've actually got my eyes shut, uh, which is bad because I should be monitoring the VU levels. But mm. I, I, I just you know I'm embracing it and I'm talking and I'm trying not to think about people listening to it. Uh, but I'm you know it, I'm only able to do that because I. I block certain things out somehow. Uh, And this is a skill that I've adapted over the last eight years because, you know, I used to like recording my my songs and listening to my, you know, kind of experimenting with microphones and whatever because they sounded cool when I was a kid. But, oh dear God, you know, the stigma of learning uh, really how bad my singing was and what people's reaction to it actually genuinely was that it wasn't just people picking on me that it was actually a real problem uh, when I got into junior high and then more into junior high because I learned I learned so much about music in junior high that I, I just I learned too much and I got myself scared stiff you know, oh god I'm messing up in so many places I don't want to do this anymore um, plus I've been doing you know singing in a kid's chorus, like a show chorus, for years and years and years, and I just got fucking burned out on it. Um, But, you know, it's just, it blocked, I had to block stuff out, and, you know, in this sense, I understand very deeply what traumas are, and, and the fact that everybody, everybody had a fucked up childhood in one way or another. The thing that puzzles me is, even though I had a trauma in my early childhood, um, and my parents were very aware of that, and they addressed it, you know, they they didn't ignore it, they addressed it. Um, 
the damage is still done, and I still have to address the stupid inner child, and it's, quite frankly, it's pissing me off. Um, I feel like I should be past this shit, uh, but I'm not. And I guess what I'm what I'm hoping for is I'm hoping that there is something that I can get out of the struggle. Um, kind of the almost the Christian philosophy of things, except I'm not that dogmatic about it. But if there's a God, let's just say that there is for the sake of argument. And if God has a plan for every person, and part of that plan to make them who they are is having them go through challenges and and suffering to a certain degree, to make them who they are, to make them good at what they might be good at. And let's say for argument, um, I've been through so much that I had to become an adult really quickly. I had to... Uh, I I was I learned at a very old, early age that life is not a permanent thing. Uh, I learned at a very early age that my body's not trustworthy; it can betray me. Um, I've learned I learned at a very old, early age that people aren't trustworthy. That you know, I, in the frame of mind that I understood at the time, you know. When when your parents that you love and trust, and that's pretty much your connection to the world at two and a half or three, uh, when they assist the doctors in holding you down as somebody jabs you with a needle, you know, then you can no longer trust them. You know, you feel betrayed at that age. And, I mean, 25 years later, I can say, oh, intellectually, they were trying to help, you know. I, I, intellectually, it makes sense, but the damage is still there. And I don't understand that, because that was addressed early on. That was, you know, it was caught. And it wasn't, you know, it was treated and addressed. And, you know, I believe in psychology. I believe desperately in cognitive therapy, because it's all that I've got. Because I don't believe in psychiatry. I don't believe in religion, you know. I don't want to believe in a god that tortures you to strengthen you. It's just like, okay, if that's God, then he's an asshole, and I'm gonna cuss him out. Uh, that's that's just the way I look at it, you know? It's just like, what a dick, you know? Um, I prefer to think of it as, you know, life happens. You know, there's, there's challenges, and there's problems inherent in nature, and you know, uh, survival of the fittest, ultimately. If you wanna, if you... It's in order to survive as a species, as a biological creature, you have to be strong and be able to overcome things. And biologically speaking, the whole point of that is so you can have offspring, and you know, because you're strong, then the offspring are stronger as well. Um, So maybe that's the same concept, just phrased in a different way. I don't know, but uh, I don't know. I'm just struggling with psychology, you know, because I really want it to be my... I want it to be something that I can rely on, something that I can use to... uh, Well, search for truth, because that's, you know, I'm a science guy. Um, I'm searching for truth. I'm searching for the answer. Um, I feel like there has got to be an answer. 
and I feel like religion is kind of cowardice and ducking it. Um, Catholic Church has been, uh, the Pope has made some interesting moves lately, which I find interesting. Uh, very progressive and pissing a lot of people in the Bible Belt off, which I always enjoy, so that's good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And the inner child, it's, even if you catch it early, it's like a cancer. The inner child is almost like a cancer. Even if you catch it early, it's still going to ravage your system and fuck you up. And, I mean, that takes me back to, I think everybody should a- have access to a therapist. And that also takes me back to, gee, I've had enough experience with this. I've been through hell and back with this sort of, you know, psychological treatment and traumas. And, you know, I know a lot about it. I've seen it from the patient's perspective. And that would give me empathy. Um, And it just leads me towards, shit, maybe I really need to go back and get a master's and then go on and get a PhD. But I... I've been struggling with this for a long, long time since I left, or finished, I graduated from college. It's just like, uh, I know I need more college time. In part because I'm I'm good at school, you know, well, not really, but I'm, I understand the pattern of school, and I can work that, you know. And I, I've done that for long enough that I, you know, can get through, you know, I, I, on the undergrad level, anyway, I know how to get good grades. Um, graduate level, that would take some adjustment. It would take some major adjustment, and it would depend on the major and a number of other factors. Uh, however, I do feel it's within my capacity. I do feel that it's something that I'm going to have to do. I don't feel like it's a choice, which sounds odd to say. I feel like it's going to be something that I have to do, but I just, again, inner child, child, like a kid, you know, kipping, kicking and screaming and throwing a temper tantrum. It's like, no, I don't want to go back to school. No, 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 you know, and it doesn't, I want to find that inner child and kick its little ass. That's what it comes down to. So, um, I don't know really what the point of this was, to be quite honest, but I guess relate to you and explain to you what's going on. And then to encourage as well, uh, go see a therapist. You know, it's expensive. It should be covered under universal health care. It should be, I feel like it's something, it's just good health. It's just something that everyone should do. So I would encourage that. And more than that, if you know me, or if you want to email me and get to know me, um, I like to hear about what what is going on with other people, um, because I am so sick, so so sick of being stuck in my own head, and it would be nice to escape to somebody else's head and try to solve their problems versus solving mine, because I'm too biased to solve my own. Apparently, and I keep getting stuck. So, I'm going to keep trying to go with the self-affirmation stuff. I'm going to keep digging at psychological theory, or what psychological theory I can get for free on the internet, anyway. And, you know, see if this is... Start trying to see if this is the right direction to go. And this sucks, because I don't trust my passions anymore. 
um, because I feel like this game design, dispatching, truck driving, whatever, I was initially very cha- passionate, very caring about it. It's just like, this is what I want to do. This is really what I want to do. You know, American Dream sort of thing. And then I get into it, and I'm like, oh, fuck this. This is too hard. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and I'm worried if I make yet another financial investment. Um, and I'm still in the process of trying to get my loans forgiven as we speak. But I'm worried about, you know, if I make another investment, am I going to screw myself again? You know, is it better to just sit here, do my little podcasts, do my little radio shows, make myself feel good, and just kind of let the wheels go round and round, watch the wheels go round and round? I don't know. I don't have an answer. But, if nothing else, um, this gives me some time to think and be contemplative. So, till next time. Stay safe, stay sane, happy railroading, happy landings.